Today's podcast is brought to you by Auto Conversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Auto Conversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, everyone. Welcome here to Autoconverse On Air, our live weekly webcast on mobility tech and connectivity, how we are connected, and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thank you for joining us. Today is Wednesday, May 22nd. Happy hump day uh, to you. And also... Something we've been doing recently is kind of an international or national something day, and I'll talk about it in a minute, but today is Harvey Milk Day, really more of a solemn uh, commemorative day, but today is Harvey Milk Day. So uh, today we have lined up a couple, let me switch something here. All right, there we go. So today we have lined up two guests. We're doing kind of a double header today. Normally, we go live at the top of the hour like we just did, and we keep the show to about 30 minutes. Few, uh, a little bit of opening ceremony, and then our guests are on for a good 20 minutes, and then we wind down. Today we'll probably go a little bit longer. I have two guests lined up, but we're gonna we're gonna actually do them separately. So first up is going to be Mr. Dane Seville from Reunion Marketing. He'll be on in just a moment. He and I are going to be talking about the new automotive B2B media strategy called KPI Cafe that Dane implemented with his company. Reunion Marketing. And then after that, about 20 minutes after the hour, uh, we'll switch over and we will have Stefan Ferry on from FlexDrive. And Stefan and I will be talking about their new, FlexDrive's newly announced partnership with Hyundai Capital America. And then we'll get into how vehicle uh, subscriptions are transforming the consumer experience. So uh, we're live streamed here on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. If you're here live, maybe you're watching the video replay. And uh, if you're tuned into the podcast, uh, appreciate all of our podcast listeners and supporting us and, uh, and welcome to the Auto Converse podcast. If you are not already opted in, do so now. Get out your phones, text the keyword Auto Converse to 64600. Why do you want to do that? Well, every week when we, get, when we go live, you will get a text message from us with a link to the show right there on your phone. Uh, about 10, 15 minutes before we go live, you'll get that link. If you can't tune in live from your phone, that's fine. You can always watch it later. So that's the game plan there. All right. So as I mentioned, today is Harvey Milk Day. And Harvey Milk was uh, the first openly gay 
elected official in the state of California. And what's significant about that, obviously that's significant in and of itself. This was back in the early 70s. Uh, but he was then assassinated in 1978 by a rival politician. That politician had left the seat. Harvey took over that seat. And the politician that left, I won't mention his name, he went to launch a business venture, didn't work out, wanted to come back, couldn't get a seat back, and he assassinated Harvey Milk on May 22nd in 1978. So hashtag Harvey Milk Day to uh, honor and commemorate Mr. Harvey Milk. So piece of news out there, you know, we always like to try to find some fun pieces of news or I guess juicy pieces of news. There was an unsecured database discovered recently that exposed literally millions of Instagram influencers. I didn't even know there were millions of Instagram influencers. I figured there were thousands. But basically, a database containing contact information for these users was found online, unsecured, exposing phone numbers, email addresses, and celebrities and brand accounts. And according to TechCrunch, the database was hosted on Amazon web servers, left without a password, like I said, contained as many as 49 million records. Turns out they were scraped from these accounts by a India-based, yeah, uh, Mumbai-India-based social media marketing firm, Chatterbox. Um, So kind of a big controversy out there. Just another reminder uh, that your information on the web is out there. And it is accessible. If you uh, don't want to be found in an unsecured database, then um, you might want to get offline. So speaking of, uh, well, not speaking of, let's do the opposite of getting offline. Dane, I'm going to start your video here and ask you to hop on here with us. There's the man. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Let me flip a switch here. Um, Let's see here. I got to do one thing. <laughs> there we go. Right there. That way we don't have a, a blank slate going on. All right. So welcome to On Air. Great to have you. Last saw you uh, in Denver. You offered to buy me a drink at the Mexican restaurant, but we were so tired we had to leave. How'd that night turn out? Yeah, you know, t- a little bit of a blur, but it turned out pretty, uh, turned out all right. It's part of the way I wore the fixed, <laughs> fixed, fixed ops hat. We were all at yeah. dinner. Uh, with Owen and Kevin and and Julie and Chris, and then Dane shows up. I was ready to fall on my face. He's like, "Come on, let's do a round." <laughs> uh, I so. like to try to bring the fun when I can. Well, I can tell. You know, I I I've tuned in recently to some of your uh, for some of your shows, KPI Cafe, and I said, you know what? Let's get Dane up here and and talk about this. So, do me a favor. Let's um. You're with Reunion Marketing. I think your title is Brand and PR Manager. Effectively, you're a co-founder, right? Yep. Okay. So uh, tell us what KPI Cafe is. I call it an automotive B2B media strategy. What is KPI Cafe? Yeah. Well, first, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, uh, having a chance to talk to your audience. Uh, KPI Cafe for Reunion Marketing is really a matter of, you know, we're a young company. We're coming up on our four-year anniversary. um, And, you know, with all the efforts we were doing, you know, even SEO, SEM, getting that good foundation built up, you know, a lot of people just still didn't know who we were. So it is a media strategy. It was a strategy of, it's really a brand awareness campaign, a long-term strategy 
to, to show our thought leadership and let people learn about who we are, you know, in terms of our philosophies, uh, our culture, and, and sort of our, our data-driven um, uh, foundation to, to who we are and, and what we offer to, to dealerships. So you refer to it as a, as a branding strategy. Um, what's some of the, you know, I've, I've been doing this show for a year and I wouldn't do it if I didn't find, if I didn't see value in it for what I do. Um, so I get excited when I see uh, individuals and, and brands like Reunion Marketing launch something similar. You know, I, I mentioned Sean Welsh, whose program you were on down at Digital Dealer. Uh, he does uh, five minutes Five minutes with Sean, maybe 10. Um, he gets great engagement on LinkedIn. He's starting to embrace other media. So give us, you launched it in November, KPI Cafe. Give us a little uh, insight as to what led to why you felt the need to do this. Yeah, so uh, like I sort of referred to before, um, you know, we, we were implementing SEO best practices. We were running some paid search campaigns. We were getting traffic, qualified traffic to the site. Um, but we felt like, maybe it wasn't converting as well as it could because people are coming to our, our website and they're seeing what we're offering, but they don't really know who we are. They don't really have any insights into who reunion marketing was. So, you know, despite those really great foundational pieces, it was a matter of, again, brand awareness, like people understanding exactly who we were. And so we thought to help increase that brand awareness, to put forth some thought leadership in automotive, to give a chance for people to put a face to the name, and well, faces to the name, um, with a, especially with our CEO, uh, Dave Sponicky, um, we just felt like that was going to be a great way to really connect with dealers in, in a way that's not some sort of hard marketing or hard sales pitch. It's, you know, pitch free, educational. And then we thought, you know, the long term, you know, if we foster those relationships, we get, a, we get that engagement, then we become a trusted resource for those dealers. Um, so it really just came about as a matter of seeing that we're getting the right traffic to our site through those, those, those foundational pieces of digital marketing. But that was like the next step to really help convel, compel conversions because, you know, like, you know, when you go to a dealership, what do you do? You look up reviews, you, you know, you, you talk to people, you hear different things. And so as a matter of, you know, of KPI cafe, you know, we have a lot of even uh, consultants, you know, talking about us even more. So, you know, if you think about that in that regard, there's more communication, more talk about reunion marketing as a result of it. Now, reunion marketing is not exclusive to automotive, correct? Correct. Okay. Is KPI Cafe, uh, you know, ubiquitous to industry or is it specific to automotive? Uh, KPI Cafe is specific to automotive. So all content will always be around automotive digital marketing. Okay. All right. Launched it in November. I'm curious what your tech stack looks like. Equipment, you know, what, what's your equipment look like? Because you've done some remotely at events, but you also do some in studio. It's pre-recorded, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have, I mean, I'm sitting in the studio that we usually do, KPI Cafe, and I thought that'd be pretty fitting since I was going to be talking about it today. But I mean, we have a Zoom H1 uh, audio recorder where you can, you know, plug in uh, different uh, uh, boom mics and, and different uh, mics to be able to, to, to have more robust audio. We're looking at getting, potentially getting a Zoom H6. A boom stand mic. We have, you know, we have a, we have a guy who works here, Brent, who who dabbled in video before. He's in our operations department right now, but he knows a lot about it. But he bought a whole bunch of lighting, a whole bunch of we have uh, uh, Canon 80D cameras with wide lenses, regular lenses, uh, tripods. You know, then we use uh, our our. I have a guy uh, Evan here in our design team. So Evan and Brent, I couldn't do Game of Thrones. Or <laughs> I couldn't do KPI Cafe without. Um, 
and he uses, uh, I think it's Adobe Suite, After Effects, and Premiere Pro mm-hmm. uh, for his editing software. Okay. Yeah. I actually use Adobe Creative Cloud as well, Premiere. Okay. After Effects is beyond my pay grade, but I'd love to learn it. <laughs> yeah. But I can tell by some of your post-production that you guys do some After Effects. It looks really sharp. It's really yeah, thank sharp. You. Just curious, you started to say Game of Thrones. Was that a Freudian slip? You know, I had, so I had, to, I had notes on what the equipment is because Evan does the editing. And I went over and we use Slack for communication. And right there at the top of our, uh, our conversation was the word Game of Thrones. So it was like, I started reading off instead of the equipment that we have. The last conversation. You were looking at it and said it. Yes. <laughs> that's why I don't like reading while I'm doing these. I know. It's, t- it's in front of you. I wouldn't have remembered it if I tried to memorize it. I have a terrible memory. So that's why I had to go to my notes. Well, I didn't know if it was because we ended season three of this show on May 1st. I had Steve Rossler on, who you know. Yeah. And Terry Lancaster and Amanda Ryan. And we did a Game of Thrones special edition. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, for those that are watching right now or, or later, uh, we, are, we have a promotion coming up uh, for the Auto CX Summits, uh, Summit Series in Marina Del Rey, and we are doing a free dealer ticket giveaway, and uh, there's an Easter egg, and it's related to that, to that show. So. Great. Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll bring that up in a little bit. Maybe I'll just. I'm glad I had that little slip then. Yeah, it's kind of good. I meant to do it. I always do a shout out to our previous week's guest. So last week we had Dave Weber on from Relay Cars, and which is a a a division, if you will, or really a product of Evox Images. And he was showing us the virtual reality and augmented reality apps for dealers and and car shoppers. Okay, a lot of visuals on that, folks. So. Uh, definitely if, if you're, if you only listen to the podcast, go up to the, to the original recording on YouTube to catch that. It was really good. So shouts out to Dave Weber, uh, and the team at Evox. Um, on that note, the, uh, thought leadership summits is doing their 15th annual CX summits series, which also includes the auto CX analytics and AI summit. And we launched a new media partnership with them that uh, we're kind of unveiling this week. But now through the end of the week, only got a couple more days left, you can get a 20% off your registration with those summits uh, by going to autoconverse.com forward slash TLS, entering promo code ACTLS19. So Dane, just to, so you have, everything's done in the studio, you're doing some stuff remotely, you're publishing the videos, I assume to all the typical places where you're publishing all the videos. Uh, of course, uh, first, you know, YouTube, just for anyone who's subscribed to our, our, our Renew Marketing YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, posted uh, uh, natively on LinkedIn and Facebook as well, and then uh, do little promotional pieces through Twitter and, and Instagram is where we find we get the most engagement from. And uh, is, channel. Is, is your Instagram Reunion Marketing or are you using like a personal? Uh, yeah, or? everything is the official Reunion Marketing uh, okay. social media channels. Okay. So everything's got the Reunion brand behind it. It's your content. And what would you say you're a few months into it? Well, six, seven months now, what would you say your, you know, it could be kind of an an objective um, consensus. You know, what, what are some of the greater benefits you're experiencing out of this? Uh, A lot of more conversations and uh, great building great relationships with a lot more of uh, automotive consultants Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, we're targeting dealers, we're trying to educate dealers, but I think 
inherently in that, you know, consultants are going to see that content as well. So I think we've built a lot of trust with a lot of guys like Sean Welsh and Sean Kelly and other guys that are, that are real smart in automotive that, that learn of our value just kind of through that. And then, you know, we have the continued conversations with, you know, our VP of sales, Chad Graves, Dave Sponicky, some other guys here at Reunion uh, with those people. We've also noticed, you know, an uptick in engagements with dealers. Uh, we use a platform, uh, Lead Forensics. You know, and we, we're seeing more of an influx of, of more of the qualified traffic that demonstrates that we are reaching our targeted audience. Um, you know, racking up a lot of great hours uh, on YouTube. We're seeing uh, longer retention. So when we had the first episode of KPI Cafe, we had a 23% retention. First episode, people don't really know us. We're averaging about a 64% retention right now, uh, about 26 episodes in. So, you know, we're not just necessarily tracking like how many website forms do we get or how many phone calls do we get, but like what sort of engagement, what sort of retention are we having with these videos? Do do we see that they're resonating with the viewers? Because if we maintain an only 20% retention rate up to this point, that that's a problem. Um, and, you know, I know that, you know, with YouTube, it's based on like, you know, you can skip around and people might, you know, skip forward and that affects your retention rate. But, you know, if we were still at that such a low benchmark, I would, I would have to reevaluate sort of what content we're producing. Those are good numbers. I mean, to, to hear you say that, you know, uh, like you said, increase in retention rate is a good sign. What, um, what, is there a frequency? Is it weekly? Is it twice weekly? Do you uh, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, twice a month, bi-weekly. Okay. So one new video every other week. Yes. On a very specific day. Fridays. On Fridays. Is there a podcast that goes with it or just the video? There is not yet. Uh, I just, I just haven't uh, had the bandwidth to really kind of dive into that yet, but that is, that is in the plans. Okay. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask you is you're putting, you're taking the same video and you're putting it in each place, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you're following a reunion in all these places, you are going to see the same. Do you find that you consistently get better return from, like you mentioned, YouTube, um, or is it kind of hit or miss? You get one video does better here versus there. So that, you know, that's, that's a good question. You know, whenever, when we post natively to, to, to LinkedIn, of course, those metrics don't you know, transfer over into YouTube. Um, so, you know, when we post natively, of course, then you don't get as many views and as much insights from, from YouTube. So we do try to help promote the videos on YouTube so that way we continue to, to get the views and understand the, the consumer behavior on those videos. Um, but uh, I would say Facebook lesser uh, sort of results in engagement, but still want to continue to uh, leverage that platform. But seeing a lot of great uh, engagement in terms of like shares, comments, likes, different things on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has really proven to be a, a really great driver of, of our conversations. Now to clarify, you're saying you'll actually link the YouTube video to a post on LinkedIn versus uploading to LinkedIn nat- natively? No, so we, we upload it natively onto LinkedIn. Okay, um, you do. And then, and then later we'll come back and then we'll maybe like share the link instead to then get more viewers onto YouTube to be able to leverage their analytics to, to have more insights on what LinkedIn can provide. Yeah, yeah. No, I find between all the platforms, you, you, there's no clear dashboard, you know? <laughs> it's just, there's nothing. But, what, but you, you know, you try things. If, things. if things work, then keep doing them. And at some point, things don't work as well. And if you consistently see things not working, then, then you, you know that's a sign to stop doing that. Yeah. Try something else. And I think, you know, people like familiarity. Uh, they, they do. People like familiarity. 
but by the same token, data data speaks volumes for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's- so just to wrap this up, uh, where do you see this headed? I'm, you know, I'm not saying you have to have some grand vision or master plan, but you know, could you share what you see, where you see KPI Cafe going over the next year? Yeah. So uh, a couple things. One, we're actually kind of switching the format. Um, before it was sort of, we were talking about sort of what insights we were seeing uh, in terms of like our de- our national dealer networks. We leverage our national dealer network to look at different audits and benchmarks. And then we talk about like SRP to VDP audits and different things, homepage banner studies. So a lot of proprietary stuff, but what we're going to start doing is I mean, our, our, our marketing consultants are having a lot of conversations with our 200 plus dealers. Our, our sales team is having a lot of conversations with prospects. So what are the questions, objectives, concerns, things that they're talking about and hearing? And we're going to address that in KPI Cafe now. So it's going to be very dealer driven instead of what is our internal, what are our internal sites driven? And then if we can tie that to what we're seeing internally, we'll share that data, but we're wanting to be more dealer oriented. We're also switching to being more like, uh, how do I say, like episodic based or like having seasons of KPI Cafe. Mm-hmm. So far, it's just been every two weeks, we just put up, you know, some new content. So we're going we're gonna to hyper focus on, on, a, on a pretty big topic. And then all of the episodes for that season are going to be based around that topic. And that's going to be quarterly. So for example, in July, we're not going to have any KPI Cafe episodes go up because in June and July, we're going to be planning, writing, uh, you know, diving into the details and creating the content. And then August and September will be when we release those biweekly. And then we'll take that, that, that next month off, October, to plan for the rest of the year. So we're going to be doing more quarterly based around actual dealer topics that dealers are concerned about. Um, I, I also have plans. I've been trying to get some of our dealer partners to come on. So being very encouraging of having a dealer come on to, to talk about what they're seeing and what they're hearing and, and get their feedback on, on, on where the automotive industry is at in terms of digital marketing and even beyond when we get a dealer on to talk about even other things that, that, that are of interest to them. So I want to get to be more of like a, a, a big conversation going on than just sort of, um, you know, me talking to me, instead of me just talking to people, having mm-hmm. a good actual, like good substantive conversation. Well, good stuff. Good stuff, man. I appreciate coming on and sharing this with us, Dane. Yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, give me an opportunity to come on, uh, talk. So enjoyed it. So I'll just plug you a little bit. Follow Reunion Marketing, subscribe to their channel, follow them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, even Instagram, whatever floats your boat. And uh, you'll get, that's the best way to get a dose of what's going on. So good stuff, man. uh, Again, great having you up here and you know, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, I would love to. All right. So we're going to let Dane pop off. Dane, you're welcome to sit in the wings and, and, uh, and enjoy my conversation coming up with uh, Stefan. So. Definitely will. I'm, I'm interested to hear what the conversation you guys are going to have. So I'm definitely sticking around. All right, good. So go ahead and shut off your camera. And then, um, okay, Stefan's right there too. All right. Hello, hello. Hey, Ryan. All right, I got to change outfits. Okay, good. Perfect. D- different hat. <laughs> <laughs> I could put on one of my other hats. I, I want to go a little bit more formal here with yes, you because uh, again the nature of of dane was kpi cafe kind of a media strategy but in this case you're you're with flex drive and you guys have some big big news most recently uh hyundai capital america you guys partnered to develop alternative uh uh models to vehicle yeah. ownership so 
Let me read a little bit of the press release and then let's, let's hear it from your own words. Yeah, perfect. That'd be well, great. So Hyundai Capital America, that's the captive finance company for Hyundai Motor America uh, and FlexDrive, which is a mobility subscription technology and services platform, uh, announced a strategic partnership to support the development of, of alternatives to the traditional vehicle ownership model that include compelling economic benefits for both automotive dealers and consumers. So this partnership between a progressive finance company and the pioneer of car subscription technologies is a result of a rapidly changing industry as rideshare and other alternative methods to vehicle ownership gain higher adoption. So that's the press release version. Uh, why don't you give us that in your own words? Well, Ryan, it's a, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. We're super excited to uh, spend some time with your audience. Thank uh, you. Get a bit more of the word out about FlexDrive, who we are, where we came from, how we started. <clears throat> I know you've had one of our, uh, one of our team members, Patrick Block, in the past on your show. Mm -hmm. uh, things have changed in the past year and two months. But um, to talk about this press release, uh, for us, when, when I began with this company, we really uh, sat down as a leadership team and wanted to have this ability to have four legs of the table, if you will. And one of those legs would be to be a technology platform to uh, better support dealers in the new way, uh, in a new way to car, if you will. And, I, and I'll elaborate on that one in a little bit. The other one was uh, to have a sound insurance program that would back these cars, protect not only the driver of the cars, but protect the dealer so that they couldn't be um, uh, hurt by any uh, undue uh, lawsuits or any protection for when, when the vehicles were in the road and in service. Uh, the, the other one that we wished to have a year and a half ago was to be a financial platform and then the fleet management services would be the fourth leg of the table, all driven by our data. When this uh, relationship came forth with Hyundai, knowing that they have Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis, um, their cars make a lot of us. Um, vision is that they are, they are not really terribly concerned that they're dealing directly with their captives, they're going to start working on some programs that can even help some of our independent uh, clients grow and make subscription more affordable for their markets as well. I hope that wasn't too deep right off the bat. Well, I'm going to recap what you said. You yeah. used, used the uh, analogy of four-legged stool. So FlexDrive is, you know, in one sense, it's a technology company. Uh, it is a it's a fleet services company. There's a it's a finance company, and it's also now an insurance company as well. So, if I got that right, those are your four legs, right? Those the tech and data kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, correct. Well yeah. said. Um, for us, if you think through what really subscription is, go back thirty thirty five years when leasing first came to the country and everybody was slow adopters. There's stores in the United States today that have less than a 30% lease penetration. And what we're saying with subscription is, it's the opportunity 
dealer, in our belief, we believe that dealers already have the personnel and inventory sitting on their lots. And through our data and our knowledge, we can tell them things that are absolute. We can tell them the cost for insurance, cost per mile, depreciation of the vehicle. And we can tell them how much money they can make on the cars without having them to do much of anything other than have a delivery process that takes 15 minutes. And if they choose, if the consumer chooses to renew the contract, they don't even need to come to the dealership to have that done. Give us a kind of a rubber meets the road. With FAIR, you're a FAIR customer. You can pick up the car at, at one dealership. You can drop it off at another. Everything's done through FAIR. FlexDrive has other models, and we'll get into the kind of Lyft. The Lyft is a whole different model, but just keeping on the dealer model, am I a FlexDrive customer or am I, am I a customer of that dealership? Yeah, great question, Ryan. <clears throat> we have a uh, dealer of ours today, and for all of your uh, dealer clients and dealer vendors that are uh, watching today's show, please know that we really – it makes no difference to us whether a dealer uses fair and flex drive or flex drive and fair. We of course would like to be in that equation no matter what, sure. but we have a dealer who's doing 90 transactions a month with uh, fair and he is looking to grow his subscription fleet with us with North of 200 vehicles out per month. Mm. So it's a good balance because FAIR does a great thing of one thing. It's a transactional sale that happens within a 30-day window, and the dealer gets to mark the box. Hey, we sold the deal. We get to transact. Mm -hmm. The huge benefit, and FAIR's got a lot larger marketing budget than FlexDrive does. Please let me make sure we understand that. We're the second uh, largest uh, downloaded app for subscription that there is. Fair's number one. We're number two. Okay. Uh, their marketing budget, uh, since they're publicly traded, is $50 million. Needless to say, that'll get you to first. Yeah. $50 million a year is their annual marketing budget or advertising budget? Yeah, that's what it was. $50 million for uh, for the year. I mean, it's Helps. a pretty good it's a It's a rounding error for, for most people. But at the end of the day, What's really important to understand is that they have, they're going to help the dealer at that moment transact a car and they get to have that dealer count that car off and gone. And just think the mindset of where dealers are and have been for the last 40 years is that we work in 30 day windows, we transact on units and we make units go away. In the flex drive model, we're not trying to do that. We're actually trying to get them to think like a fleet operator, that every single month that when the first rolls around, mm -hmm. they had 200 subscribers last month. Guess what? They get to start the month with 200 this month. Mm -hmm. They'll get paid by the third of the month on those 200 subscribers, and then they can grow that fleet. They can send some cars to wholesale. They can retail some of those units. But here's the most important thing. There's a reoccurring revenue stream coming at them every single month. And you don't have to go shopping for new customers. Because you are bringing the customer? 
well, not only are we bringing the customer, but the con- customer's not buying the car. Mm-hmm. They're buying the convenience of having a package that includes service, maintenance, roadside assistance, insurance, the cost of the car, depreciation, all built into the unit. So who owns the car? The dealer, start, the dealer first owns it, and they yeah. put it in the fleet, make it available through the FlexDrive program. A subscriber comes, the dealer still owns that car? Yeah, dealer always owns the car. Okay. And our data assets from Cox and a few other vendors outside the Cox umbrella really give us special tools to share with our dealers and to help them to liquidate those vehicles based upon what they want to get for those cars for a wholesale value or for a mileage uh, barometer that they're trying to reach and to target. Okay, cool. So, so the, the name of the show is, is uh, Mobility Tech and Connectivity, right? Yeah. We've, been, we've been covering future mobility and mobility as a service now for going on four years. And it's become, like I said on the phone, a bit more mainstream. Let, let's turn the conversation and get into the Lyft partnership a little bit because that's a, that's a whole different model, not, not related so much to the franchise dealer. Uh, but tell us about the partnership with Lyft. I think it's almost two years in now. Yeah, about two and a half years in, okay. uh, we are uh, celebrating um, a what we call here at our office a commercial agreement. They're our commercial partner. Uh, we purchase new cars from OEMs, and they're on our balance sheets, and they're on our books uh, for a short term, 36-month leases typically. And then at the end of the leases, uh, they're not on uh, Lyft's balance sheets, they're on ours. And as long as the driver makes their amount of uh, ride shares, then they end up getting a free car. We get uh, paid for the use of our car and the car is covered on insurance. And it has allowed us the opportunity to now have over 15,000 cars on the road with Lyft. So the Lyft driver is financing the car with FlexDrive effectively? You said they get to keep the car at, after no, they no, no. use it? We get to keep the car at the end of the lease. That's oh, you do. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, so my bad. Our car, our payment, uh, the driver gets charged for the usage of the car, of course. But if they make the right amount of rides then Lyft helps compensate them if they're keeping, you know, a certain uh, grade of uh, CSI, if you will, if they're making enough trips per week, then they can keep uh, what is the equivalent of getting like a free ride for them. So really the dealer, the dealer gets um, the driver. Yeah. The driver wins, we win and uh, Lyft is, you know, sitting in the best seat of all. But the most important thing of this relationship is because since these cars are on our balance sheets, um, back in the day, like three or four years ago, we had a fleet of 700 cars with Uber in five markets across the United States. And now we have these 15,000 cars with Lyft. There's no one in the space that watches depreciation like our team does. Mm -hmm. And the reason that is, is because we have too much riding on the road each and every day to make sure. So I think a lot of our dealer partners take a lot of confidence that we have 
the same amount of investment on the road as they do, because no one has a bigger fleet as we do on the road today. And, and just to get real specific here, is FlexDrive through the financing of the car, is it a pass-through for Lyft or is that a revenue stream for Lyft? Uh, it's a revenue stream for Lyft because they generate money off of what that car makes while it's on the road. They're going to make, of course, a lot more money than we're making on the car. So, you know, when you go to a hotel or buy an airline ticket, you got all these taxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's getting a piece of that transaction. So from a driver's standpoint, okay, not, not the consumer, the driver's standpoint, he, there's a fare. Yeah. Does he see what amount goes to Lyft and what amount goes towards the car? Because the driver's not incurring an expense for the car. Uh, I mean, he's effectively leasing the car from you guys. Does he see that transaction separately? He doesn't see that transaction separately or not. Okay. So that's between Lyft and FlexDrive. Yeah. And so the, one of the interesting things is um, where would these drivers onboard these cars? And so Lyft has partnered with several CarMaxes across the country and seen that, wow, these cars really do take off out of CarMax locations. Because we're, you know, we're not talking about a small amount of cars. They're targeting 23 U.S. markets. And so I think it's been a good, um, it's a good shout out for Lyft. It's a good shout out for FlexDrive that um, partnerships like CarMax and others are highly sought after because um, think about what CarMax is in this space of car subscription, of car mobility and subscription. Mm-hmm. They are literally sitting on the largest fleet, fleet for subscription in the United yeah. States. Sure. Just by the simple volumes that they do and the, and the processes that they have in place. Is it fair to throw AutoNation into that same kind of mix? Yeah, uh, I think AutoNation would, could be thrown into that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the previous company I worked for, Asbury Group One, the other big uh, Berkshire Hathaway, I think mm-hmm. all of them can be thrown into the mix, but they are inherently tied to new cars and franchises. CarMax is strictly sure, uh, sure. 90% uh, you know, pre-owned vehicles. Independent, right? exactly. All right, good. So a couple more things. We'll try to move quick. So I want to get into the, the consumer experience uh, of vehicle subscriptions. But another uh, new development for you guys is your kind of global you know, reach. You have a new partnership with Santander in Europe. Can you speak briefly on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Santander is the uh, fifth largest bank in the United States. Uh, they, are, uh, they reached out to our firm uh, the middle of last year, uh, our founder, uh, Jose Puente, traveled uh, to Europe. Uh, Thanksgiving of 18, he was uh, presenting to the executive leadership board in Versailles, uh, France, uh, on our Thanksgiving with all of uh, the presidents of their company. And they decided to launch an app called Switch. Uh, powered by FlexDrive. It's a white label powered by FlexDrive. Uh, it's launched in Norway about 70 days ago. Uh, feel free to download the app. Um, it's available in the App Store. It is um, 
Santander's ability to act like flex drive for Norway. Gotcha. Uh, look for us to grow that relationship with them in three other countries uh, before the end of the year. Uh, maybe we get to three, but possibly we get two done. Uh, we change the language, we change the currency of the app, and then, of course, the app has to be able to pass all the nat- uh, national laws. Uh, the other thing I should mention to you is that uh, we did a deployment in Denmark uh, two years ago with a dealer group called Simler. Simler is the Volkswagen Audi uh, distributor in Denmark. Uh, they're, they've been on the program for two years. Their app is called Drive, D-R-I-B-E. Uh, they have gotten so progressive that you can now get a Ducati motorcycle on the uh, drive app. So it's, it's, they've made it more of a lifestyle uh, in uh, Denmark. So sorry to throw that one in there as well. I love it. You just gave me like a month's worth of research to do. <laughs> It'll be a good follow-up. It will. It will. And, and uh, I, I, I mentioned this when I launched Autoconverse, uh, relaunched it about four years ago as the future of mobility. And I remember people saying things like, what the heck is mobility? Isn't that like for handicapped people or, or smartphones? And I was like, no, it's really how we get around. And, but now that the term, as you know, it's just, it's just throwing it's mobility. It's, it is how we get around. I think GM even rebranded itself as a mobility company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just fascinating to see things really evolve. And now what we're seeing is, uh, is mobility as a service and mobility companies like Uber and Lyft starting to fuse in with traditional automotive. And that's what I find fascinating. Like FlexDrive is really one of those bridges, if you will, between future mobility, which is now mobility, and, yeah. and automotive. You're really transforming and creating that bridge. And I love it. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I can't thank you enough for now you using those words because I feel like (laughs) we've been the only one using those words and people looking at us like uh, we had three heads on our shoulders. We really believe that the, not the future, um, you know, you asked me a question earlier that I want to reach back to. Um, Andrew Leone from Hyundai Capital said, listen, we're not looking to replace leasing uh, and finance. What, we're, what we want to do is offer an alternative when leasing doesn't fit and where 72 and 84-month loans aren't the right thing to do. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, those aren't, as we know, and if we really want to do a check-in, or a checkup from the neck up. If you're putting people in 72 and 84 month loans, they don't own the car anymore. They own paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're you walk just away with nothing. Yeah. And you walk away with nothing. So listen, we want, you know, through your audience and other audiences, well, we're trying to do is better educate the consumer that the average car in the United States, as soon as it rolls off the curb, gets hit with a 39.1% uh, depreciation curve. It's real. Someone's got to pick up that money. And so we're just trying to be real honest and straightforward and put a great product that allows the dealer a great opportunity to transact, make money, 
and really put the consumer first and allow them the ease and access to come to your dealership and to not be there longer than 15 minutes. Seriously, a, a delivery of a new car at one of the dealerships we're partnered with in the United States for the consumer shouldn't be longer than 15 minutes and a swap shouldn't take longer than 10 minutes. So let's talk about that as a, just a closing segue. Folks, I had mentioned uh, our new media partnership with Auto CX Summit Series, which is next month in Marina Del Rey. Now, Stefan, you are speaking there, correct? I am. You're going to be there. Yep, we're going to be there. Um, so we'll have to definitely connect there. Now, the Auto CX Summit, this is the 15th annual. And I want, you, I want folks to think about that. The word consumer experience is, I would say right now, one of, one of the latest buzzwords. In fact, I haven't heard the word disruption uh, in a while. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, now I'm hearing consumer experience, but Thought Leadership Summit's been doing this summit for uh, 15 years. There's actually a, 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 a follow-up summit on analytics and AI. Which one are you speaking at, Stefan? I'm speaking at both. I'm at both? Yeah, entire week. Okay. So you mentioned, you said, uh, you know, our goal is for the consumer to go to the dealership and spend no more than 15 minutes and walk out with a car. And the first thing I thought was that is transformative. Yeah. That is a transformation of the consumer experience. So tell us briefly about what you're going to be talking about at the summit. Yeah. So one of the things I would really like to bring up when you talk about being transformative, um, I had the uh, honor of uh, being one of the leaders at uh, Cox and working with uh, the media division under AutoTrader, Kelly Blue Book, and Dealer.com. I, did, I, I got to do a lot of public speaking about consumer decision journey, car buyer of the future. And ironically, by doing so many public uh, speaking opportunities and sharing with uh, our dealer guests that consumers are uh, irritated with the amount of time it takes just in an F&I office. You know, the average time spent in an F&I office in the United States is 61 minutes. Mm-hmm. How about we just get a car and get it all done in 10? I mean, let's, let's make it really easy for the consumer. I would urge any of your listeners to take the time to download the FlexDrive app. Uh, our team is uh, looking for, uh, we're putting out a new release in September, which is strictly to even make the current app a lot more user-friendly than the old app. And so I'm going to show a little bit of this at the conference. I'm going to share with you the research and the white papers of what we have published here at FlexDrive and some of the white papers that have been published at Cox just to show you the, the startling differences between what two years looks like in the automotive space today. Sure, that'd be great. And that's a long time in this space. That's a long time. We've had a lot of growth and things are moving a lot faster than they have ever moved in the automotive space. And that is not going to slow down. So is that what you're going to be speaking to at the summit? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. The, the themes and that, that will be the focus of uh, really trying to make sure everybody uh, should, whoever the speaker is and whoever, um, listen, I don't know if our solutions for everybody. And I do know this, 
it's for those that are looking to make a change in their operations with very little disruption or burden. We've tried to really minimize, as we talked about earlier, the four legs of the, of the platform, technology, fleet, uh, insurance, and tech to make it super easy for them. There's no paperwork in our entire program. Everything's done on an app or an iPad. There's no paper to sign. There's nothing. There's no billing or credit card papers or statements. So everything is bundled for us. And uh, I think this is a perfect opportunity. If you've ever had um, any interest, please make the, the trip. It's a, in a beautiful part of the world. I would love to come meet any one of your uh, guests and share with them a little bit more about what FlexDrive has to offer. Sounds great. So I'm going to uh, just wrap up uh, the show here, speaking to the summit, but thank you, Stefan, for being up here and sharing this with us. It was great talking with you. Yeah, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in California. All right. That sounds good. So we'll go and show off your camera. You can hang tight. I'll close off the show. Dane, I know you're still there. Uh, we can chit chat a little bit, but let me uh, just close down the show here. So uh, folks, like I said, we have launched a new media partnership with Thought Leadership, Thought Leadership Summits uh, to promote the Auto CX Summit Series, two back-to-back summits, June 18th and 19th, and then June 19th and 20th. You can go to one or both, not your typical uh, summit or, or industry conference. Uh, this one has a tech expo. You'll see the Audi e-tron there with Amazon's uh, 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 in-car voice CX. Lexus will be there with a mixed reality holographic display. Digital Airstrike is doing demos on Facebook Portal and Oculus Go. And there's a TruePic photo video verification app that'll be there. For 15 years, TLS has been the only summit series dedicated to helping auto industry create exceptional customer experiences by leveraging all things customer, enhancing and personalizing the shopping, buying, and ownership experience. So through our partnership, you can get a 20% off your registration to one or both summits. Now through the end of this week, May 24th, just enter promo code ACTLS19 when you register. Go to autoconverse.com forward slash TLS and you can benefit from that discount. So that being said, we're going to go ahead and wind down. Ryan Girardi here from Auto Converse on air. We'll be back next week. I've got Eric Milch and James Klaus coming on from Dealer Teamwork. And we're going to be looking at their new automotive B2B PR strategy as well. So something else to look forward to. Thanks again to Dane and Stefan for joining us. Thank you, viewers, listeners. Uh, please share if you like what you hear and like what you see. Tell a friend. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Make sure you got notifications on. If, if you haven't already, text the keyword AutoConverse to 64600. We'll send this, this show to your phone every week as well. Um, thanks again for tuning in and, um, and appreciate everybody. We'll see you next time around. This is Autoburst Media.